You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Barkley off the hesitation, inside the five, still going. Touchdown, Saquon Barkley. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, Mike, the Cranky Fan. Grump, you're going to have to forgive me this week. My voice is a little shot. I just got back today from Orlando from a uh, a very nerve-wracking Florida-Miami game where good defeated evil, but it wasn't as easy as predicted. So um, you have to bear with me a little bit today. I'm a little, uh, still a little rattled. Yeah. Giants fans are, are still in the preseason swing of things where nothing really quite matters right now, but I'm sure Giants Twitter will be in an uproar at about 14 minutes and 57 seconds on the clock for game one in Dallas. So, Oh, we are, uh, we got about what, uh, 13 days? I think 10. Oh, 13 days until the Giants, yes. That is correct, yes. We just have to deal with one more preseason game that, you know, get through that weekend, cut down day, you know, the the, the final 53-man roster, and then we can finally start thinking about Dallas. So it's been a long, long offseason, and I'm glad we're finally getting to where we all want to be, and that's watching Giant football every weekend. Yeah, and then the state of this, this team seems better than last year and the year before it, I would say. I mean... I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up anybody's ass and say that this team is going to the Super Bowl, but I, I think they could accidentally make it into the playoff hunt, you know, with some luck here and there and, you know, some, I don't know, bad luck in the NFC East. But, you know, last year that team shouldn't even be sniffing the playoffs, and the year before that they might as well have been, I don't know, sniffing their own underwear. They were so bad. <laughs> Well, well, last year we were kind of racing to the bottom. Yeah. You know, we were talking about things like even before the season started, tanking. Yeah. You know, what we have to search for that franchise quarterback. You know, this team has to bottom out. We are in you know really big cap hell. What are we going to do? All of those things were kind of happening this time last year, and I think the franchise has bottomed out. Uh, you know, they have drafted who they think will be the franchise quarterback. We will eat a lot of dead money this year, but going forward, there will be money available to make moves in free agency. Um, too early to tell now, in spite of what you've seen the last three weeks, but this looks like this could be another strong, potentially strong um, draft class, which would be two in a row for Gettleman. So I, I think – it may not necessarily be reflected in the you know, wins and losses where we are in the standings, if we are sniffing the playoffs or not, but I think the negative momentum has stopped and there is starting to be signs that we are starting to get back on track. Yeah. And and, and as we're we're talking about, you know, that that cap hell, the where is this franchise going as Eli Manning is Exiting his twilight years, to be honest, uh, closer to midnight, I guess. Um, you know, we don't really have those questions anymore, and we can talk about. Yeah, I know it's just preseason, but Daniel Jones has looked as good as you can look in preseason. 
That's it. You can't look too much better than that um, for a guy that you don't expect to start this year. Yeah, let's put that into perspective. As good as you can expect does not equal he should be starting or he's an NFL starting quarterback. I think there was an absolute uh, – there is a plan all along of how they want to get him ready, you know, get him ready to – be in an NFL game if necessary as a backup, and they plan to get him ready to be a starter. I don't think any of that is deviated from, you know, basically the, the first day they got him in for rookie minicamp. And, you know, just because the public sees, you know, nine or ten throws three times in the last month, these coaches have seen him throw probably a thousand times in the last month, and they're bringing him along at the pace that they want to. So, you know, They've won the preseason in the simple fact of the narrative no longer is they wasted a lottery draft pick and they wasted wasting time with a guy, Daniel Jones, to now there is some excitement that he may be the future. And you know, some people are swinging the pendulum all the way over to he should be starting, but at least they're trying to grab the narrative for their own and not have the media and trolls and everybody else dictating it for them. And I think that's a big win for the offseason. Well, that's that's going to be the focus uh, for tonight's episode. We're going to go over the Giants and Bengals game really briefly because it's it's starting to matter less and less as less starters are, are playing the new trend in the league. But just as a reminder, this show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, uh, SoundCloud. You name it, this podcast is there. And it would do us a tremendous amount of favors if you could just give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave a wonderful comment about how smart we are, how good-looking we are, and how great the Giants are. Uh, Hey, just say we have faces made for radio. Who cares? Just say something nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the reason we're going to focus on quarterbacks is that there was some shocking non-Giants news that could theoretically affect the Giants and was already – theorized, hypothesized by um, Twitter GMs. And that is Andrew (laughs) Luck uh, shockingly pretty much announced retirement at age 29, you know, around preseason week three. Um, Really unfortunate time to announce a retirement. Um, I do want to talk about this just slightly from Indianapolis perspective, not related to giant stuff. Um, But it is kind of. There's a parallel between Andrew Luck and Eli Manning. First of all, we can appreciate just how much of an Iron Man Eli Manning was. Whether you like the way he played or not, or you think his Super Bowl victories are flukes, or if you think he is the best quarterback in Giants history, doesn't matter. We can all appreciate that the man has started every single game of his career, except one which had nothing to do with injury. Um that is just something you don't see in this league. And it's a record I'm not quite sure if it'll ever be broken. Um, for the Giants, you're saying? Or yeah, just for, 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 the, for the Giants, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think of all the great quarterbacks that have been in the NFL for the last 20 years. I mean, think of like the, you know, the Michael Vicks and, you know, all of these guys have spent a lot of time out for, you know, whether it's like a few weeks at a shot or losing a whole season. For, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Sure, exactly. I mean, even Tom Brady lost a year. I mean, granted, he's kind of the modern-day Iron Man for just playing until he's 63, but he lost a year in his prime 
on the, you know, the first quarter of the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. That never happened with Eli. It was the first game of the regular season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and the reason Andrew Luck is in the situation he's in now, quite simply, according to me, I'm saying this, uh, is because the Colts drafted him and they did almost nothing to protect him up until last year. Their negligence on the offensive line mirrors somewhat what the Giants had done. Uh, I won't, I won't say it's exactly the same, uh, but you know this is what happens when when you build from the outside in and you don't spend your resources protecting your most valuable asset. Um, I don't blame Andrew Luck in the slightest for retiring. I'm not, you know, I don't know the details and what came of the timing of all this because it is a really rough time to announce your retirement but you know the dude has been injured every single year pretty much since he came into the league and I don't blame him for not wanting to take it anymore especially if his heart just isn't in it anymore yeah I mean it goes against the narrative of you say like a, a, a slight built quarterback or something oh that guy's just gonna get hurt i mean andrew luck is a big kid he's a he's a monster you know next to ben roethlisberger he's probably one of the sturdiest you know structured guys in the league and he can't couldn't stay healthy for assorted things whether you know his fault or you know body breaking down or just random things happening to him and you just don't know you know nobody nobody in this league is ever ever a sure thing you know i hear teams now like, well, maybe the Dolphins should tank for two years for Trevor Lawrence. And what happens if Trevor Lawrence on the first day of practice breaks his leg and he's done? I mean, you, you, you can put yourself in a position to maybe tank if you have to for like one year for getting, you know, for a quarterback. But to target anybody specifically two, three years down the road is just – it's ridiculous. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect example of that. I mean, total freak accident – career we assume is completely derailed but nearly lost his leg in a non-contact injury i mean yeah heaven forbid you tank for a guy and that happens but nevertheless you know whether some things are you know i I don't know the the fact remains that a, a guy who pretty much likes to stand in the pocket gets hit a lot he's gonna get hurt you protect that asset. Now, the Giants, in their own way, tried to rebuild the offensive line a little too late. Um, but by getting the wrong kind of offensive lineman for what Eli Manning does best, and that's stand in the pocket. Um, so, you know, there, there's a parallel there. And um, Giants fans of all shapes and sizes with all different opinions on Eli Manning can appreciate the fact that in the exact same situation, Eli Manning is still going, uh, you know, ten years ahead of Andrew Luck. There's obviously more to this story than has come out already. Sure, and I, I don't know if it's something that he got word of something in the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours that made him his decision. Something that's been brewing for this year, or something that's been brewing for more than this year. I keep going back, Rump, to. Josh McDaniel. Okay. Remember he was going to take the job in Indianapolis and then he bailed right out of it? Yeah. Do you think this 
what happened on Saturday night is the culmination of something that's been known throughout the organization. And McDaniel might have been made aware of it and just didn't like the landscape and bailed out. I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, if if there's some sort of I don't it, want to say aura because that seems otherworldly, but if there's some sort of rudderless mismanagement, bad leadership that comes from the very top, or oh, I'm, or, I'm talking about him specifically. I'm talking about like the 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 root nature of his injuries or something. Oh, where oh. you remember? I think it was. We thought was it last year, or the year before, where we were waiting for him to come back, and it was like weeks and weeks before he actually came back, and it seemed a little murky. Why? And and then I, I again, this this McDaniel thing keeps rattling around in my head. Like maybe once he got the job, it's kind of like we can't tell you our trade secrets at Coke until you sign to become a an employee of Coke, right? And you can kind of peel the uh, the curtain back and see what's going on. And maybe we did that. He just did not like what he saw and said, you know something? I'm out. Yeah. If so I have maybe, to find a new franchise quarterback, then forget it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, suddenly it's not as an appealing of a job as I mean, it, he might have signed up for. That's possible. I was thinking the other way in that, you know, the the, the dirty air in Indianapolis with with a, a somewhat of a dimwit owner, you know, I was thinking akin to Eli Manning refusing to play for the San Diego Chargers simply because – they didn't like the way that organization was being run. They did not want him to go there to die, um, or so the narrative was. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I thought. You know, Andrew Luck just saw a, a never-ending spiral with this organization, and just was like, you know what? I I have been beat up. I'm over it. Yeah, I mean, that's something though. What has been the theme in the last couple of years, and not only in football but in the NBA? This- Getting you don't like refusing. You don't like your situation. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah, I'm true. not playing for you anymore. So, if if it was something where you know this organization is just inept organizationally, medically, you name it, just tell him I'm, I'm out of here. Just trade me because I'm not playing with you anymore. Yeah, he's just said I'm out of the league. So to me, I don't think it's necessarily. Cult specific. I think he's just a guy that you know. He's a guy who went to Stanford. He's no dummy. You know, he's, a he's masters actually. He's going to have a hundred million dollars in the bank, or, or he's earned over his career. Um, just on the football field, who knows how much he's made for other things? He doesn't need football, and this game is getting more and more dangerous. You know, as we go along, it's the more rules they try to protect, the more these guys are getting hurt, and the more. You know, we see retired NFL guys who can't walk anymore. Maybe he just said, you know, I'm a smart guy. I'm young. I've made my cash. Winning, I know it's one of the romantic things that fans like to think that players just think winning is everything. It's not everything, guys. They are no longer nine-year-olds playing on the sandlot because they're having fun every day. This is their job. This is their profession. And this is a business to them, more so now than ever. Everybody's their own personal brand. And these people, guys like you know, the Michael Jordans and the Peyton Mannings of the world, that brand lasts beyond their last game that they play. So it doesn't surprise me that something like this happened. And there's precedence for things like this. I mean, Barry Sanders waited to the end of training camp before he quit. He just went to London, was in the airport. It's like, I quit. And that was the end of it. So it's kind of shitty 
to your the team. But again, we don't know anything what's going on. There might have been discussions for weeks and weeks about this. You know, not every organization is the master of public relations and how to get the messaging out the right way so they can, you know, win the messaging war. But and I doubt Indianapolis is with their cuckoo owner and everything. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is they need a new quarterback. And that kind of brings us, I guess, to our, you know, why we're on the Just Giants podcast, not the Just Colts podcast. Right, right. So I just wanted to touch on that for a second. But, you know, immediately all eyes turn to Jacoby Brissett, who is a capable backup, you know, hasn't really to, – to be fair to him, hasn't really been thrown into a situation where he can earn a starting spot. Not really anyway. I mean, even if you're filling in for an injured Andrew Luck, I mean – how good do you have to play to unseat Andrew Luck? Well, he started his career behind uh, Tom Brady, Brady. And he, then all of a sudden he's behind Andrew Luck. So he kind of knew his lot in life was to be a backup quarterback, and that's okay too. I mean, well, yeah, sure. He was a backup quarterback at Florida before he transferred. He, you know, he played at um, NC State, but that's NC State. Hmm. No, no offense, Jerry, if you're listening, but. Um, <laughs> You know, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> judging by those those stats, you probably aren't. But but no, I mean, when he's not a twenty three year old who has his whole career ahead of him, he's a little older now. And you know, again, we don't know the behind the scenes. He might have been preparing for this for a couple weeks now, this, maybe a month. yeah, or a couple months. Who knows? But the the thing is, uh, I don't want to automatically assume like everyone else has that. This team desperately needs a new quarterback. We don't know because Jacoby Brissett was never really put in a position to earn that spot, to really truly show that he can. I mean, come on. Case Keenum was Case Keenum before he was Case Keenum. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. It just – however, all eyes immediately look to Eli Manning, a guy who – theoretically is capable of playing right now, coming in, filling a gap for a season in a division where, I mean, the AFC South is, you know, what what do you got there? Houston is kind of, you know, they're hot when they're hot, not when they're not. Tennessee is, you know, not a high-scoring offense. Uh, Jacksonville was way up, then way down. You know, that's a really... Let's that, see what their one, let's see what the new quarterback change does for them. They they're, they're, they may be the biggest wild card of any team in the NFL this year. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just saying it's open season in the AFC South. We're mm-hmm. not talking about you know the AFC East, where you know are they really going to catch the Patriots by just switching a quarterback last second? You know, so with Daniel Jones performing as well as he has in the preseason again. Well, well I was- I was going to say, you know, the, the whole thing is what started this instant Eli talk. I think it's because people saw in three preseason games under as controlled a situation as you possibly could be the rollout of Daniel Jones. And I think people are making that leap that Daniel Jones is ready. Mm-hmm. And that's something we could talk about right now because. <laughs> First of all, is Daniel Jones ready? Absolutely not. And I say that I don't care if he was 10 for 10 in every game he played. I don't care if his quarterback rating was 963. He is from day one after being drafted. 
the plan was not for him to start game one. So they bring him along on a program to get him eventually ready. I mean, how much of the overall playbook do you think he knows right now? How many reps do you think he's had with the ones in training camp? You know, Eli's getting those reps because Eli's the starting quarterback. Let, let's keep it. Let's keep it this way. I, uh, our fans are smart. They they know that, and by that I mean the Just Giants fans. Um, they know that the plan was Daniel Jones sits for a year. If things go totally awry, maybe he gets some starting action late in the season, definitely gets some regular season reps if they go totally awry. But plans change, right? You know, situations change. And um, Yeah, a year ago we were talking about Kyle Laletta being that guy. Uh, well, why don't we just say we just gave Odell Beckham a ton of money? Plans yeah. change. Um, so now we have a different atmosphere and a different landscape of – Perception. Yeah, yeah. So – Theoretically, would Daniel Jones be a complete disaster at starting quarterback week one? I would say not a complete disaster. I would say he would be a disaster simply because I do now I'm not in the quarterback room. I am not in the huddles during training camp, but I am fairly certain he has not been presented the entire playbook. And then I am fairly certain he has not been practicing the entire playbook at the amount of reps that Eli Manning is getting with the number ones right now. So to me, this is not a guy who's a fifth-year backup who can go in there on moxie, do the job. This is a guy that's green. I don't care what we saw in those first three games. It's a different ball game once you get to September, and it really starts. So Let me, let me give you a scale then. If, if 10 is 1998 Peyton Manning, and you know, one is Ryan Leaf. Where, where on the disaster scale does does Daniel Jones well land? Let's remember 1998 Peyton Manning. He sucked. <laughs> he was not good his his rookie year. But that's not, not his that's fault. Not, that's not the point. I mean, it's just no. I mean, no. That's that is exactly the point for me because you know the amount of rookies that have come in. Right off the bat and done, you know, even like to a level of forget even making the playoffs, but being a competent starter is very few and far between. And those quarterbacks, again, were groomed from day one, hour one of being in the organization. You're going to be the starter. Baker Mayfield knew on the the day his name was signed, he was going to be the starting quarterback. So they prepped him for six months for that. So at least he had more of the playbook, had more of the reps, more of the, you know, the, you know, every, all the tools at his disposal to succeed. And Daniel Jones has not had that yet. So to answer your question, on a scale of one to 10, a 10 being, you know, I'm completely saying, comfortable. Yeah, just, just a guy who will potentially take his team to 10-6, say. That's 10. Uh, the odds of that, a uh, uh, scale of one to ten, I'd say it's like about a, a two. Well, I mean, where but where does Daniel Jones land on that scale? A two. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say a one being someone who's so bad that it derails his entire career, like a David Carr level. I, I would put him more around a four. I don't think well, it would be a total disaster, but I would not advise it whatsoever. Let's let's prove that this offensive line 
could save his life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've yeah. made some additions and everything. I mean, this is not, you know, this, if this was the Cowboys offensive line, it, well, if this was Dak Prescott, for example, mm-hmm. in the situation he inherited, I might have a different opinion, but there are a lot of questions about this offensive line. Sure. And also remember last year, new coaching staff, couple of new guys in the offensive line it was a sieve in the beginning yeah you're right we don't want any situation where it's a sieve with a quarterback who is trying to get his head above water i I agree like i said i don't think it would be advisable at all I, i think that it would really shake some confidence out of him to to put him in a tizzy right away however i think that he has shown enough to me that he can learn from mistakes can keep his poise, can learn from mistakes. I think that this season would be a completely sunk cost if you did that. But I don't think it would derail him. So, I, you know, to me, it, it's a no-brainer that you, you sit him. And again, like I said, around week 12, the season's completely over. Week 13, okay, give, give him some live game. Well, I have, I, have two, I have two thoughts on this. One... I think even the simple fact that they're considering making him the backup is above expectation for where they thought. I mean, week, didn't week you one, did, week one? Yeah. Did you even before training camp start, started? Do you think there's any chance that they wouldn't have three quarterbacks on this roster? No, no chance. Yeah. So already, yes. The, the fact that that's being considered, which well, we don't know if the coaches are really even considering that, or that's just kind of media slash fan speculation if that's happening that's encouraging sure. the other point yeah. the other point i'm making about this too is we're making this argument would you start him or not eli manning still has a no trade clause yeah well i mean that's that's the second part of this <laughs> argument this this could all be a moot story it's like why does eli want to go to indianapolis yeah. because he has to waive that so the 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 comeback they're like oh no trade clauses are waived all the time yeah if you're going somewhere that you want to be why why does Eli Manning want to uproot his Hoboken family to the middle of fucking nowhere? I'm sorry, Indianapolis, but Indiana, Indianapolis, hey, I'm sure is a great city. Indiana is the middle. That, that city is in the middle of nowhere. I listen. I was there for six months. Great people, nicest people I ever meet. But it's a big sky area, meaning when you are driving down the road, the sky takes up your entire vision. Not much there. No. So I, I, again. And for, forget about even the living situation because people commute to work all the time. Is it that much? I mean, it's so an unknown now what the Colts are in an unknown division. Does he really want to learn a whole new fucking offense for a year? Yeah. Maybe two. I, I it, and it not seems without, very, without a whole offseason and a training camp to do that just to go in. And right now, it. And also, why would Indianapolis do that? Well, I mean. The the public narrative on Eli is he's one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And, oh, yeah, that quarterback's going to make $25 million this year. And, oh, yeah, he's a free agent after this year. So why would they be doing all these things? I mean, it, it, I don't – I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense why they even would want him. Yeah. So if you're just tuning in now, we're, we've completely squashed the idea of Eli Manning going to Indianapolis. That, that's that's also, where we're at, right? Yeah, and of course, in the, look at it from the Giants' side, why are they doing it? I mean, what possible value does Eli Manning have? What do you get back for him? He's a free agent, right? That's a, a, a 
the fact that he has such a huge cap number means the number of teams available, you know, that would bid for him is very low anyway. Agreed. And everybody thinks he's washed. I mean, do you get a six round pick? Do you get a six round pick in two years? I mean, is it is it worth it to rush the future, ruin the legacy of one of your, you know, bellwether guys that's been on this team for the last forty years? I I, I I don't see the benefits from from any side of the of the coin with this one. Me either. It's 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 silly talk to even consider it. But you know, I thought I'd squash it out there from all angles. You know, the Daniel Jones starting part of it is like absurd and still the most plausible part of the entire situation. I mean, it just just makes no sense for Eli to go there for Indianapolis to want him. You know, it's just it isn't going to happen. Um, no. Nevertheless, I'm sorry for any Colts fans, and I don't give a shit about any fantasy football owners who took Andrew Luck. Sorry, I don't care. Well, you know, well, well first of all, you should have your draft closer to the season. That's that's the first thing for I that. I agree. I agree. But you know something though, we're talking about optics and perception, and are we feeling better about the team? The simple fact we're even having this conversation should be something to make you feel encouraged if you're a Giant fan. Yes. It could, it could be it could be all bullshit, and it could be all just you know false hope, but. We are actually spent about five minutes debating should we trade Eli Manning because we have a quarterback who can backfill him right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, you know, is he the greatest quarterback we've ever seen? Definitely not, but it is definitely hopeful to hear. He's he's the quarterback that everybody in his organization thinks still has enough gas in the tank that you know. They're going to eat that $20 million whatever cap space this year and use him. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, and we'll, I'll circle this back to the Bengals game. Uh, Eli looked okay. Um, four for eight for 41 yards. He, he played better than that indicates. Uh, he looked pretty sharp. There were a couple drops in there. Uh, Daniel Jones had better numbers, but again, he looked about the same. He looked... I would say a little bit better, but against some backups in the defensive backfield there. But 9 of 11 for 141 had a a great throw down the middle of the field to, um, I think, Britton Golden. And then one down the sideline to Darius Slayton, who made his debut with an excellent catch. Um, and uh, I think Daniel Jones had a fumble that he recovered himself, maybe. So he got, he got kind of whacked. He's been taking some pretty big hits. Yeah. I mean, again, they've been using him with the first team quite a bit, but again, I wouldn't put him in any situation where, forget even to succeed, I want him to be in a situation where he's going to you know, be saved. I mean, these preseason games every year just scare me more and more, and we're seeing the trend of coaches just not caring about them anymore. Yeah, for the, for the guys that don't need it. And speaking of, Saquon Barkley still hasn't taken a preseason snap. We've been kind of watching the running backs behind him to see who's going to fill that two and three role. And uh, it's been a little sloppy, but I think we're finally seeing that Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins are starting to separate themselves from the rest of the group. Yeah, we've had some injuries from the other guys, which was hurt. Uh, I think they're going to roll with the guys that have been here already. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll just kind of see how that goes. I could also see them next year maybe trying to – you know, try to get a, a, a real number two running back, maybe Seasoned even a little higher in the draft or kind, Yeah. Oh, possibly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't think they would want to use a draft resource for him. They'd probably get somebody 
I can't think of a great example off the top of my head, but, you know, somebody like a C.J. Anderson that, you know, maybe he's not the bell cow we thought he was coming out of college, but he would make an excellent number two, and you're not going to have to pay big bucks for him. So, you know what I mean? Something like that, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, O'Shane Ziminis, he was getting close for the last two games, had his big night in Cincinnati. Two sacks, two tackles for a loss that simply didn't have an answer for him. Again, this is the Bengals we're talking about, so even their starting offensive line is pretty much all the trash that we had taken out. So, (laughs) there's that. But, again, a a rookie like that, I did not think that he was going to be game ready uh, right away. I thought coming from Old Dominion and watching some of his tape, he looked a little bit raw in some areas. He looks pretty good. I think he's going to see some packages week one. Um might find himself closer and closer to the starting lineup by the bye week. Um, and Corey Ballantyne, another guy coming out of Washburn. I thought, you know, he's got some skills, this kid, but, you know, he's playing with the big boys now. He's Quite an been, amazing story from him, how he started his giant career now. Did you really think he'd be where he is at this moment? I had some concerns of him even running. He took a bullet. Mm-hmm. He took he took that Forrest Gump bullet. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, it, 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 trial by fire with Sam Beal not really playing. DeAndre Baker with the the knee tweak, they want to shut him down. He's going right up with the ones, not doing bad. You know, yeah. he's, he's it's trial by fire, and he's not playing perfectly or anything like that. But he doesn't seem to be making the same mistake twice. Every time he gets burnt, he comes back with a good play. It's more yeah. than you can ask for from a what? What is that? Division two? I don't know what Washburn falls under. I think that's two. I don't think that's. Um... I don't think that's FCS. I think that's two. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's pretty much what we saw from preseason week three, which used to be the uh, the dress rehearsal did not look like one whatsoever. And I don't expect preseason week four against the Patriots in uh, Foxborough to be anything close to a dress rehearsal either. I believe what I read is that Daniel Jones is taking the start. Uh, yes. And remember, usually this game is the fourth game is meaningless anyway. We usually play the Patriots in it. We are playing the Patriots this year, so any hope for seeing anything resembling professional football is not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, so you know, watch at your own risk, really. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I might play video games instead. Just let me know. <laughs> Just let me know if anyone gets hurt. We don't have to do a show until, you know, really what we're going to be doing a show on at that point is the cutdown. Yeah, that's, like, that's, we we won't even have a show before the cuts start happening because they happen on Friday, right? That's correct. I mean, we could see what, what is this is Labor Day weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually probably you probably won't hear a show from us probably until we'll probably do it next Tuesday, I guess, with the holiday and everything, unless we have no lives and do something on the holiday. But well, I don't <laughs> want to speak for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is the outlook. So we'll be going over all the cutdowns from that. I mean, we might recap something that happened in the game that might have impacted a cut. But for the most part, watch the game. Enjoy. It's the last time you don't have to give a shit. Because it's <laughs> going to be a stressful watch every other night, every other Sunday for for a couple of months now. Um, yeah. I mean, if you watch TV like I do, where I'm at the edge of my chair gripping a beer tightly in my hand. Um, but after that, we leave the preseason. We are officially into the regular season. I am traveling to Dallas Friday morning, so we will have the show up by the time I'm getting on the plane, and uh, we'll record Thursday night, and then we will have our recap of the game 
Tuesday morning if, because I will be away uh, Sunday night. But Monday night we'll record. Tuesday morning it will be right there. And that is the format for us going through into the regular season. We do a pregame show, what we expect, what needs to happen in order to win, injury shit. Uh, and and then, then we then we bitch and moan after the yeah. the, the day after the game, and so. then we grump and crank. That's you know pretty much how this <laughs> season's gonna go. Great, no one was listening before, now they're really not. Yeah, so well, whatever. <laughs> how do they find you, Grump? Yep, and everything in between from now until then. I am on Twitter at football underscore Grump, where I am keeping my thumb right on the pulse of the organization. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where you were going with that, and thank God (laughs) that way. (laughs) You can catch me, as always, at the Cranky Fan. Um, I think my arrhythmia has been fixed for my heart after the Florida-Miami game. Uh, We'll be talking about... um, you know, I'll be watching the game Thursday night. I have uh, nothing to do, so I'll be watching that. We'll discuss it and uh, get ready for the long Labor Day weekend. So again, on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, and the show has its own Twitter at Just Giants Pod. In case you don't like to use streaming services or whatever, um, but as always, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. Our our podcast can be found on all these different platforms, and it would I heart, mean iHeartRadio. Radio, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I always, I always forget that one. That's, that's yeah, us and Ryan Seacrest, man. We're uh, yeah. it would <laughs> it, it would mean a lot to us if you leave a five star rating and uh, a really nice comment on iTunes for our podcast. It means a lot to us. Hey, Grump, don't be really great. Yeah, if, what's that? In addition to uh, you guys giving us a five star rating. Why don't you tell a fellow Giant fan about us? Yeah. Spread the word. It, it, Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. You have more people to talk to? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> the people at work that think you're really, really smart uh, about Giant football, you can tell them where you get all your information from. And Trust, uh, they trust us. Compared to us, you'll look really, really, really smart. So come on, come on board and tell us how dumb we are. Just agree with us or just let's just talk Giant football. I mean – this is going to be the best time of the year to be a Giant fan. I mean, we're going to be 0-0 and, and you know, <laughs> hope is eternal. And <laughs> we'll It's st- kind of true. This is where you can talk all of your shit and not have to back any of it up because exactly. you don't have to show any evidence. Just ask Miami. <laughs> there's no trolls listening to this show. I mean, there's no Giant fans listening either. But, you know, there's nobody going to – you're in a safe space with us. So, All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.